0: From the studios of Tucson Business Radio X, recorded
1: in the Stewart Title corporate offices on Broadway, you are now listening to The Mark Bishop Show. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. Welcome to another informative show. And it seems that food allergy reactions are on the rise. A recent study reveals severe food reactions have climbed dramatically over the last decade, and the Centers for Disease Control reports that the prevalence of food allergies in children increased by 50% between 1997 and 2011. Caring for children with food allergies impacts the quality of life for U.S. families. And here's the cost. Boy, $25 billion annually. Now, my guest is Lisa Gable, She's the CEO of FAIR, which stands for Food Allergy Research and Education. Welcome, Lisa.
0: Thanks for having me, Mark.
1: You're most welcome. It's pretty scary, isn't it? The top uh, eight food allergies are peanut, milk, shellfish, tree nut, egg, uh, finfish, wheat, and soy. And we'll cover the 10 uh, states with the biggest increases a little later. But one in 13 children, Lisa, in the U.S. now have a food allergy, and that's around about 5.6 million. 20% of children with a food allergy have required emergency room care during the past year for a life-threatening reaction to food. I mean, this is unbelievable. Every three minutes, a food allergy sends someone to the emergency room. And according to your recent study from FAIR, 32 million Americans are living with potentially life-threatening food allergies. And there's been nearly a 400% increase in analytic food reactions over the last decade. What on earth is going on?
0: Well, thanks for asking. We've actually seen this rise to 32 million since 1998. Uh, And so there's a a very specific date where you really saw the increase, particularly with children, although now we're seeing what's called late onset, which is more and more adults who are going into anaphylaxis with the food that they've uh, always been able to eat. But in 98, a few things happened. One is we have what's called the hygiene theory. Uh, We became a very clean country. We introduced hand sanitizers. Uh, Our cleaning products took on an even extra level of of cleanliness. Uh, People weren't spending as much time in the country. They were moving into cities. And so you had the rise of asthma, allergies, and eczema. Uh, These diseases have what's called a comorbidity. And so we believe that that level of cleanliness is one of the reasons. Mm. Secondarily, is during that time period, we told pregnant moms not to eat the allergens and not to eat allergens to young children. And that was actually the wrong information. What our research shows is that it's actually important to introduce children to a variety of foods um, early and often. And so uh, we're trying to get the word out there with pediatricians that we can't guarantee that it will prevent someone from getting a food allergy, That actually the data shows that it will prevent a large number of people and so that you'll mitigate risk or you'll mitigate risk as to the level of sensitivity. Right. And then the third reason is the one that we're researching a lot and that's the gut microbiome. What is it that's going on um, in our internal system? Why is it that we're having a problem processing uh, these hearty proteins that are the allergens and that's an area where you're seeing a lot of money go into research.
1: Well, you know, I mean, we look back. I was talking with my wife about this, and she said, what on earth, whatever happened to we used to have our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, we had this, we had that. And I said, you know what, I'm starting to think that's all the processing and the food and what they're doing. Now, the Centers for Disease Control reports that the prevalence of food allergies in children increased by 50%, as you say, between 97, 98, 2011. Caring for children with food allergies does impact the quality of life for US families. It's a lot of money, $25 billion, isn't it, Lisa?
0: It's a lot of money, but even on top of that is the stress with which these mothers live. Mm. There's a very high anxiety. If a child uh, has such a sensitivity that, that touching something, that the residue of something um, is going to cause them into going into anaphylaxis, or perhaps they're on an airplane flight and they need to wipe down their to clean, their tray table in order to ensure that residue is not there, you live with a great deal of anxiety because um, up until the introduction of Health which is the first therapy that was uh, approved by the FDA in January, there were no therapies on the market. And so the only choice the food allergic individual has is avoidance. And it's very hard to avoid things, which is why you have that uh, consistency of children going into the emergency room. The moms are, are have that burden of being extremely careful, talking to the school, talking to people at Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts in summer camps. But inevitably, you're dealing with people who are young in a lot of cases. They're not actually understanding or not fully understanding the message. And so your constant vigilance is what drives your life.
1: Right. Well, the FAIR campaign uh, called Contains uh, Courage R. It's a five-year effort, isn't it, to drive awareness and to ensure the communities have the tools that they need to uh, spread the word about food allergies. How is that faring, Lisa?
0: It's going wonderfully. We, um, it's a fundraising and awareness campaign. So uh, our goal is $200 million. We've raised $75 to date, which will go into research. Uh, but the other thing we're doing is we're really focusing on the power of the child. Uh, we're recognizing that these children, hes not just the peanut boy. She's not just the girl with the dairy allergy. They're mathematicians. They're ballerinas. They're, they're potential doctors. Mm. They're developing apps. And they happen to have a food allergy. So they're assets to be gained. They're not problems to be fixed and they are going to be the next leaders, So we do want them to be able to travel around the world with a high-tech company or banking, and so that's the focus. And we have a couple of things that we're doing uh, to pull families in. Today I'm in Washington with 150 moms and dads going to Capitol Hill. They're here because in October we had a 1,000 of them. Uh, a lot of people got trained in advocacy. Uh, kids got to meet other kids with the same disease. Young children got to meet each other. Moms got the information they needed. And we're going to have another Contained Courage Summit in Orlando in October, you can go to our website, foodallergy.org, and, uh, and we are just encouraging people to come to the summit. Uh, if you're making products uh, that are uh, CPG products, consumer products, goods, uh, food and beverage, or if you're in the pharmaceutical area, biotech area, or you yourself have a food allergy or your child does, come to the summit, learn about the disease, figure out ways that we can all lock arms together and work on things.
1: I'd like to touch on these ten states. Um, perhaps if I mention uh, the letters, you can share with me the particular states. M E.
0: So we're going to go for the. How about I share with you the states themselves? North Carolina. The I, I, I'm ever. trying. I'm wondering.
1: Well, I'm sort of wondering why those ten. There's fifty odd states. Yeah. You know, is it something to do with there the are. weather? Is what is it? Do you think?
0: So no, in the states are Maine, North Carolina, California, Delaware, New Hampshire, uh, Connecticut, our Kentucky, Texas, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut. Uh, this is this gets to a critical piece of information. We desperately need data, and so Fair is investing millions of dollars in what's called the Data Commons Center, and we have a patient registry. This is a new disease, so we don't have a lot of history on what people are doing in their lives, what environmental factors they have, what's changed in their lives, what other diseases they have. And so we really need families uh, and individuals with food allergies to go to foodallergy.org, go into the patient registry, tell us about your history with the disease. Once we have that information, that gives us what's called the voice of the patient, and that's the information that the researchers and the pharmaceutical and the biotech companies and the food and beverage companies are going to desperately need so they can develop uh, resources that will help you live a safer and healthier life.
1: Well, that's critical and it's very important. FAIR does an amazing job transforming the future of food allergy. Uh, you try innovative initiatives uh, that, you know, definitely do lead to increased awareness, uh, which leads to new and improved treatments and prevention strategies. And effective apologies and legislation, but you know people have to act too, don't they? They have to come forward with what you've asked them to be part of and, and to do that. Now March is uh, what, well, in fact, uh, this week March is uh, the 150 food allergy advocates from across the country in Washington, uh, D.C. for the big 130 uh, plus meetings with members of Congress, uh, Congress advocating uh, for food allergies. So uh, it's a pretty big time, and y- and you're not a stranger to that. I notice in you know in your background, you've served four US presidents, two governors, and you've counselled a fortune five hundred CEOs, and you've represented global public-private partnerships and nonprofits, all with the goal of moving organizations to high levels of performance. Do you think that you're getting listened to more now, Lisa, than before?
0: We do. We've brought on, we've actually been investing in growing our government affairs and communications team with people who are very savvy, have extensive experience, uh, both on Capitol Hill and administrations, working in the government, understanding regulatory needs. That's been an area of focus and investment for us. Uh, We're going on the Hill uh, today and tomorrow uh, talking about the FASTER Act, which is H.R. 2117, Uh, We've got uh, kids with us. We have children as young as seven years old um, who are going to go up and tell Congress about their food allergies and what it's like to live as a child with food allergies. We'll be talking about the School-Based Allergies and Asthma Management Program Act, HR 2468. And as you point out, as we know, um, having the power of government behind you, having that understanding of being able to reduce regulatory uh, burdens, you know, people wonder why it takes so long to get a drug to market. Uh, we've had an opportunity to meet with the Deputy Secretary of HHS, who's done an incredible job streamlining uh, with the head of the FDA these processes, and all of us working together to make sure that when we come up with answers, we can move them to the patient as quickly as possible.
1: Uh, fantastic. Great work. And the site again, Lisa, for our listeners to go to, to have a bit of a wander?
0: It is foodallergies.org.
1: Foodallergy.org. Dot- Org. Well, well done, and you do a great job, a uh, little bit of a blogger here for uh, female power. You were the f- appointed the first female U.S. Commissioner General to the 2005 Achiki World Expo, uh, holding the personal rank of ambassador, and serving as a U.S. delegate to the United Nations Commission on the Status of Women, and served in the Reagan White House and Defense Department. You've done a lot, haven't you? <laughs> well done.
0: It's been a busy time. Thank you so much.
1: Good on you, Lisa. Thank you. And and good luck with the big meat coming up in Washington, D.C., okay? Great. Thank
0: you.
1: Thank you. Lisa Gable on the Mark Bishop Show and uh, all about food allergies. Boy, go to that site. You could learn a lot.